Welcome to the Jean Hales Podcast Women's Health Week series, where we talk about all the things you want to hear but can never ask. Here's your host, Janet Mishelmore. Today's interview is one of my favourites this season. It's with Women's Health Ambassador, Broadcaster and fellow AFL tragic, Shelley Ware. Jean Hales is blessed to be working with someone like Shelley. She is a devoted and passionate educator who has transformed her painful experience with endometriosis into a mission to educate and support women. I know you're going to love it. So let's go now to my interview with Shelley Ware. Shelley, you've been a teacher for most of your working life. Can you tell me what drew you to education? I became interested in education for as long as I can remember. I was the person that had teddy bears out and I would play with those teddy bears and I would be teaching them. And it was just everything and all I ever wanted to do was be involved in education. And I think it also stemmed from having learning difficulties when I was a child and being really interested in how life could be better for me as a student. And that really sparked my interest in education because I knew that I learned differently from other people being dyslexic. My teachers weren't quite nailing it. And so I thought there has to be a better way forward for teachers and for children that are involved in the education system. So it was a passion from a very, very young age. I actually don't ever remember not wanting to be a teacher. And tell me, is that why you were interested in being an ambassador for Women's Health Week? Because we feel immensely honoured that you are an ambassador for Women's Health Week. Women's health is really important to me for some reasons that I've actually talked to the community of Jean Hales about before, having endometriosis and struggling to find a diagnosis with that as well. From the age of you know 15, right, till I think I was nearly, I think I was 28 when I finally got my Heavens. diagnosis. So that was probably 10 doctors later and, and being told, it'll be all right once you have a baby. I never got to get to that stage. I needed help with IVF. So to be asked to do this was an honour because I knew that I'd been through quite a journey with my own health as a woman and had knocked on many doors and hadn't been heard. So I knew that this was a space where people were heard and I wanted to make sure that that was shouted from the rooftops, essentially. Shelley, I love that you shout about endometriosis from the rooftops. Most of our listeners will know that endo is a condition that can cause extreme pain and heavy bleeding. The sad reality, I think, is that endometriosis periods are still things that people struggle to talk about. Yeah, and that's that everyone's on their own journey. You know, there are different reasons for people in life why they're not so open, but I've always been a bit of an open book, might be wired a bit differently, not sure. (laughs) I have no shame in anything that I do. I've been raised to not have shame in anything that happens in my life that somebody else can learn from. And I think that comes from that whole education side of me as well. Wanting to be there to help people has just been a passion forever. So I figure if it's something that I've gone through that can help somebody not wait 14 years to get a diagnosis, you know, I'm more than happy to share that information. And the same goes in the classroom. The more I learn, the more I pass on to people and and make people comfortable because there's nothing worse than feeling the shame that there's something wrong with you or that you're only doing it yourself. And if you could make somebody else realise they're not alone, then, you know, there's so much value in that. Shelley, all of those words are music to my ears. I actually trained as a special ed teacher after I'd finished secondary school teaching for exactly the same reason. I 
wanted to make it easier for people to learn. And what you've done is make it much easier for people to recognize things like endometriosis by talking about it. What have you learned by being in the classroom with kids over the last 12 months or 18 months nearly? I I presume you're talking about what we've gone through with COVID, how difficult that has been for children. I've learned that children that had something going on in their lives that they'd already started building their resilience toolbox seem to have gone through this a little bit stronger than those kids that maybe never have had something in their lives that they've had to add to their resilience toolbox, as I like to call it. (laughs) I've found that there are kids that have never had an issue before are really struggling and everyone's struggling, let's be honest. There are days where you have to pick yourself up off the floor as an adult and, you know, get moving and then there are days where you're like, I'm okay, everything's fine, we're going to get through this. Children in particular have also shown me how adaptable they are. We go to school, then we don't go to school. We're back to school, we're online learning. And they've done a fantastic job of transitioning. And I think especially these kids in Victoria, they have done a brilliant job. You know, what we've been through as a state has been mind-blowing and these kids just keep picking themselves up. But the ones I've definitely noticed that are struggling and need an extra bit of help after this have been the kids that maybe it was smooth sailing before. They're kids we never expected to ever have a problem, that they just didn't have that toolbox that was things they could pull out. They didn't know how to deal with this situation where kids like, well, let's take my son, for example. <laughs> His resilience toolbox is loaded. So he was, He'll love this. <laughs> he's, he's very used to using him as an example. But he's got dyslexia. He's got a whole range of things as well that he's been through his life and had to deal with being adaptable in the learning space. So it was quite difficult for him to go online, but he knew that if he spoke to me and he knew that if we could have conversations about it, then I could put a plan into action for him. And that's where that resilience comes into place for him. He knows how to help himself. And there are just some some kids that just didn't know how to do that. And they, I find they're the ones that are struggling a bit. The resilience toolbox is such a great concept, especially in changing situations. But when we're talking about women's health, what's in your resilience toolbox? I think it's just listening to your body and not forgetting to do that. We can get so caught up in the world and especially what we're going through now with the pandemic that we forget to look after ourselves. We have to constantly remind ourselves to do that and to also keep up with the stages of your body. Like I have had to stop reading the 30 to 40s, what goes on with your body there. (laughs) (laughs) what goes on to the 40-50s and then I'm going to have to go to the 50-60s soon. (laughs) So, you know, there's that realisation that your body goes through different phases as a woman and it's really important to stay up with that. And, you know, it's really easy to get trapped in, but I still feel young. Well, our bodies are changing all the time. So we have to listen to them and we have to keep educating ourselves about the next stages and be realistic about those next stages and move with them, even if we don't like it. Can I just go back to your disclosure, if you like, about endometriosis? You said you saw about 10 people listening to your body. Was that what actually enabled you to keep on trying to find an answer because you were listening to your body? Yeah, I would actually go with my diagnosis. I would actually say to them, I know I have endometriosis. So how did you know that? Because Dr. Google. (laughs) (laughs) 
the doctor we encourage people not to use. <laughs> it actually wouldn't have been Dr. Google in those days. No. The internet wasn't around. That's how old I am. That's why I have to go into the next period of time. <laughs> it was really about reading up about myself and talking to friends. So I had friends that had been through it. Early days, I didn't know what it was. But as I got older, I was starting to work out what was going on by conversations with friends and, and that being open and not being afraid to share what is actually happening with me and and then other friends getting diagnosed and then going to their doctor and, you know, trying my luck. Really, it was something nobody wanted to talk about. It was like this silent sort of thing that I had to go through. Nobody really was talking about it. So I don't know. I think I must have read it or probably some women's health book or something that I stumbled across, but I knew there was something and I worked it out. And then it was like my late 20s when I knew what it was. I went to a doctor and that doctor told me, you just have to get pregnant. And then it was when I actually went to my IVF specialist and said, this is what's happening to my body and I believe this is why I'm not getting pregnant. And then it was seriously, it was like 30-second internal. I nearly hit the roof. Everything was over. And we said, operation next week. And then we did the IVF. And then eight goes later, I've got a 14-year-old. <laughs> it's a fantastic outcome, Shelley. But you had the guts to keep on trying and you had the guts to keep on talking about it. During the week, we spoke to Isabel Marshall, the Young Australian of the Year, who is passionate about encouraging people to talk about their periods. And she tells this frankly heartbreaking story of girls who hide their pain, hide their bleeding. They're not actually wanting to talk about it. Do you see the same things with the primary school kids you're teaching, that continual shame, or is there a change and everyone talks? I think the next generation of young girls that are coming through are quite strong in themselves as young women, and I think I've definitely seen a change. There's no question of that. But what I have seen the change in is the way that young men are being raised. There'll be a group that will go, eh, yuck. Yeah. And that's what, you know, holds that girl back from not speaking again. But uh, there are more young men that are actually saying, what are you doing? Why are you talking to her like that? What? That's a natural part of who she is. Like, you know, support her. So I'm hearing that more than I'm hearing the ooh, yuck when I grew up and nobody spoke. I think the next generation of young men are definitely being raised differently to support and women are they're nothing like I was when I was at that age. <laughs> like those young girls are out of control. They are so brave. It, it blows my mind. Shelley, can I go back to being in touch with your body and changes in your body? You've said you're not 25 anymore. What are the <laughs> big disclosure? Uh, <laughs> what are the things that you've noticed that have changed and what have you done about it? I saw this TikTok the other day and this woman was talking about what had changed in her body and it's true for me too is that she's still an hourglass figure but her sand has moved. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yes, my sand has moved. <laughs> so I'm finding because I'm perimenopausal that around my waist I'm actually carrying more weight. And it's funny because as an Aboriginal woman I've always looked at my elders who are thicker around the waist and always admired that as a sign of being an elder. So for me, it feels quite comfortable and I feel really, really blessed and really ready to go into that next stage in my life. 
the sand has definitely moved in my life. But unlike you, I don't have that cultural blessing, I'd call it, of actually respecting people as they get older and looking to your elders and looking, as you said, with joy at that happening. Yeah, it is a shame because I think it comes from the ridiculousness that we get from media and on how we should look and and social media, how they think with these filters and with all of these ways in which we should be skinny. And I went into a store recently and they told me that I was too big. You know, I walk around in size 10 clothing. (laughs) And I was like, wow, like it was outrageous. And that's where all that comes from. It's the way that people think they can speak to you, the way that we see it visually all of the time. Take away that noise and that opinion and look at people in your life that you love and that are blessings to you and look at the shape of their body and the scars that they have on their body from the life that they've lived and then look at your body and be proud that you've come through this and that all those things that have happened to your body are signs that you've lived a good life. And for some of us, life sometimes is hard, but back to that resilience that we've made it through. You know, we've learned something through all the stages through our life and that's what's important that we cherish our body and cherish the moments we've made it through. Absolutely, Shelley. And I think the cherish the moments is one of the most beautiful messages. If you had a message for young girls, what would it be about their health? I thought you were going to say just in general, if it was just in general. Well, I was actually, but I decided to split it up a bit. <laughs> if it was just in general, it was going to be, you don't have to like that boy that everyone says, oh, he likes you. It's so exciting. <laughs> I always thought, why do I have to like him? Just because he likes me. (laughs) But that's always bothered me. But for young girls in their health, I would say enjoy not waking up crickety. Enjoy that young, beautiful body that you have and listen to your body. It's the same thing. You know, you've got to really listen to your body at any age. And if something isn't right, do not fear to speak to somebody And if you can't speak to somebody in your family because you're frightened of their reaction, then, you know, reach out. There are many helplines that you can speak to. There are many doctors that you can go to or, you know, somebody at school that can help you if you're worried about something that's happening in your body that you can't talk to somebody at home. But make sure you're listening and make it a life lesson that you do through your life and speak up when you need help. If you had to have a message for women, say, in their 30s to 60s, 70s, 80s, So not young women, but women maybe a bit older. A lot of those messages you just said then still, I think, absolutely ring true. Is there anything additional that you would add? Mm, Besides love yourself, because you'll get to 50 and you'll get to 60 and think, why didn't I love myself as much as I should have? I would say definitely love yourself, have positive talk, positive thoughts in your mind. And if you've got things that are floating through your mind that are negative, Change that to positive and self-talk is the most important thing I think we can do. There are enough people sending us negative messages. So for our age group, it can be the mental health can be a real problem. And if you think about how you speak to yourself, then I think that will help you bode well for a long, healthy life about yourself and how you can look after other people in your life. Because as they say, if you don't look after yourself, you can't look after the ones you love. Shelley, you are a total inspiration. I've always loved talking to you over the years around Women's Health Week, but thank you very much for today. It's been superb. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
We've kicked off with a very special interview with Women's Health Week Ambassador Shelley Ware. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure you stay tuned for other interviews in the series and a very warm welcome to Women's Health Week 2021. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Gina Howes podcast, Women's Health Week series. Shelley is one of this year's Women's Health Week ambassadors. You can find out more about Shelley by visiting shellyware.com.au. Or if you'd like more information about Women's Health Week and Jean Hales, you can visit jeanhales.org.au.